Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell, and thank you for joining us today. We have a very touching show today that I think will be very important to a lot of people and be very helpful. Today, are we be discussing grief and loss in the triad, that being adoptive parents, birth parents, and adoptees, and how we go through grief, loss. Um, all of us go through that when we're touched by adoption, whether we know it or not and have identified it. So it's very important that we, um, we listen to this program because... Um, you know, three out of five of us have been touched by adoption in the U.S., and so many of us are being affected by this, whether or not we have identified it um, and, and have not dealt with it. Today in the studio, we have with us a counselor, Judy Sobrero. Um, she's a marriage family therapist, and Judy has been practicing for 13 years. Uh, she and five other counselors are part of a renewed hope they have offices in the Grass Valley, Auburn, and Folsom, California office, um, California, and they practice um, many different types of uh, counseling, but Christian counseling, and so I want to make sure that we mention that, and we'll be giving you the information on how you can get a hold of um, their offices if you'd like to get more information on their uh, counseling uh, programs. Uh, if you have more adoption questions and information that you need, you can email me at info at Let's Talk Adoption. And I'll answer those questions um, and on the air and also email you back. So please send that information to me at info at Let's Talk Adoption. And you can visit our site. Uh, this program will be available on CD after the program, too. Judy, welcome to the program. Hi, Marty. It's great to be here. It's so nice that you've come. And we're going to have this program in two segments because we have so much to cover regarding uh, grief and loss in the triad. And, you know, after we were discussing um, so much about this, I realize that there is so much that the triad does go through that we don't realize um, how much loss not only does the birth mom go through, but adoptive parents and um, the birth grandparents and also adoptees. So very, very important that people realize that there is loss in all that area. And some of it does happen naturally, um, and we need to deal with it. So let's first start about start talking about the type of losses and why is why is there loss in the world? I mean, unfortunately, the age old question. Mm-hmm. Um, we have loss in this world because we live in a fallen earth and we live in a flawed state. And after the garden door was <clears throat> locked mm-hmm. um, for our good, <laughs> um, just loss such as as death and uh, poor health and broken families and. Mm-hmm. Uh, physical, sexual, emotional abuse. Um, also, infertility mm-hmm. is a major loss for, for many couples today. Um, broken attachments to people and things. The loss of the ideal. Mm-hmm. All of us, whether we're conscious of it, long for the ideal and long for perfection. And when we uh, experience loss, uh, which is a part of this earth, sometimes it surprises us it's because we, we are so focused on on wanting um, the most ideal life that we can have, and we expect um, happiness, where in reality, God's real purpose for us is to get us ready for eternity mm-hmm. and to know Him, and then out of that comes happiness. So it's a it's quite a process of learning to adjust your thinking in terms of of God's higher purposes. Right. We're never always we're never happy all the time. And, you know, people are always looking for. 
everything perfect. I think that's why we're darn, you know, yes. And, yes, and it's just we're always frustrated and, and we never have perfect days, just sometimes perfect moments. Um, mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. that leads us to a lot of um, frustration and disappointments in life. Um, there are different types of levels of, of losses. Let's talk about a little bit about that. Well, the the primary losses, the, the, the uh, biggest one is going to be death. No one mm-hmm. escapes death as a human being. And actually, the grief process, the stages of grief, um, <clears throat> was created by a woman, um, Kubler-Ross, who actually worked with uh, dying Uh, individuals the purpose of preparing them for death and dying Mm -hmm. and so in that process she came up with with stages the first one would be coming out of denial Mm -hmm. and um, becoming fully aware that there is a major loss so death and broken families divorce infertility um, any kind of abuse um, sexual emotional and that happens when Physical. a girl finds out she's pregnant, too. The same thing. It's a kind of a, a Absolutely. death. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is it's a death and uh, a loss of a dream. Perhaps mm-hmm. this wasn't what they had planned. Mm-hmm. And it's really being able to, to readjust and to know that um, you can. this can be used for good, but there is going to be a loss. Mm-hmm. And, and it says the death of a dream that uh, maybe... Uh, even mm-hmm. a birth grandmother that to her, her daughter's gotten pregnant and the dream that she had that she would get married and, um, you know, go on uh, is is gone now. And I, I can totally understand that. Um, often it not only touches the individuals in this generations, but the generations before, mm-hmm. because um, all families are dysfunctional. It's mm-hmm. part of the fall. Mm-hmm. The only difference is the degree. Mm-hmm. And there are many broken families, and so many of our adoptive mothers, um, they know their mothers, but often the fathers are not there for mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. Or perhaps e- uh, either the mother and the father are not there, mm-hmm. and they have had to grow themselves up by themselves. And mm-hmm. so there is a loss of, of a family structure. And you're talking about birth mothers primarily. Birth primar- mothers birth primarily, right, because mothers. many of the gals are young. Mm-hmm. and are in older adolescence and mm-hmm. young adulthood. And I think, too, um, you know, I heard this the other day, that, that we have more dysfunction in this world, that most people um, have dysfunction. And, you know, I see home studies all the time, and, and a family that may look wonderful on the outside, you start reading the home studies, um, we all have problems in our lives. So I think we need to kind of put that to a side and say, what can we do um, to do the best we can with what we have, but and for, for the children, too? Actually, the healthiest family is the family that begins to to speak the truth to themselves mm-hmm. and each other about their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they're talking openly on a regular basis mm-hmm. and um, they create a, su- a safe environment where there's trust mm-hmm. and that you can um, speak your truth mm-hmm. and you can express your hurt and your anger, mm-hmm. um, those are the healthiest families because all families have challenges. Right. Uh, we live in an imperfect world and mm-hmm. <clears throat> we had imperfect parents, we're imperfect parents and so on. Right. All the way down from Adam <laughs> and Eve. That's true. Yes. <laughs> so tell me, what is the process then? What are the stages? Let's briefly go through those. and. Um, the first stage is denial, and actually, when we have a significant loss, it um, serves as a um, an anesthetic agent. It mm-hmm. sort of numbs us for a while. It's mm-hmm. like an oxygen mask to use when when mm-hmm. the breath of 
of uh, taking news of death or loss has just sucked all of the air out of us, mm-hmm. and it's hard to breathe. Uh, to breathe. So during the cycle of disappointment, denial is is what keeps us, I think, partly in our sanity so mm-hmm. that we can still go on mm-hmm. and it gives us time to adjust. And um, in that process, we still hold on to frustrations and dreams, but then the, the disappointment eventually will lead us to a more conscious state of protest. You know, it's really interesting you said that because I thought of all triad members at that point, the child that has not been told at, at birth, and I think you should tell children right away because if a child's told Absolutely. later on, they want to go into denial about their adoption. Yes. And I think the birth mother wants to deny that she's pregnant, and the adoptive parent wants to deny that they have infertility problems. And I think that is all, um, you know, really damaging. And I think that when they start identifying, and especially with the child, you need to tell people and children when they are newborns, they're brought home, bring the word up adoption in a positive manner and start before you even adopt feeling comfortable with using the word adoption. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, families are as healthy as the secrets that they do not keep. Mm, very good and the more that they can uh, bring up and talk about freely without shame and mm-hmm. judgment mm-hmm. is what actually makes the family comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, I've worked with, with clients who um, have uh, children that they've never met and for one reason or another were disconnected. And um, there, is, there is something, even when a child is not told mm-hmm. that um, they've been adopted or the parents that have raised them are, aren't fully their biological. They have a sense mm-hmm. that there is a secret that mm-hmm. something is not quite right. And it's bigger. It's a, they think it's bigger than it is. And when they do come to find out, it's they. they it's a trust issue mm-hmm. because by not speaking the truth, mm-hmm. it, basically they've been lied to, mm-hmm. not intentionally, but. And that's a major trust issue that then if the secret is kept for years and years, mm-hmm. um, then the hurt um, and the regaining of the trust it's of those family true. members is, is a lot harder. harder. That's right. So tell me, so then we've got the denial stage at that point. What is the next uh, stage? The next stage after we do come out of denial um, is that we begin to feel anger. Mm-hmm. And anger by itself is not wrong. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's one of the characteristics of God, and we're made in his image. Mm-hmm. And anger by itself, apart from the way that it's expressed, is mm-hmm. the protest of a loss. Mm-hmm. So it's quite legitimate. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Paul says that we are to be angry and yet do not sin. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be somewhat contradictory mm-hmm. until we really understand that there is an unhealthy way to do anger that has to do with our own self-centeredness mm-hmm. and um, and humanness. And then there is a healthy way to do anger mm-hmm. that produces good fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, for example? For example, unhealthy anger is often not defined. It's disruptive. It's out of control. Um, there, There's no ownership of self. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a person can stay in the victim position and not see any of their perhaps own responsibility and um it it eventually produces bitterness not love and it stays and they stay in that what's a good example of 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 being a good anger good anger would be that um there's self-control which Mm -hmm. is a fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. and 
rather than being out of control, we mm -hmm. carefully consider what the protest is. Mm -hmm. We carefully think about um, what would be the most productive way to protest mm -hmm. and what kind of fruit will it produce. Mm -hmm. And so um, the goal is love. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I am able to protect myself from evil, but the goal is not revenge. Okay, and so basically it's controlled in that and it's really thought out too. Let's explain the next one then too. What happens after you have um, anger, you've gone through anger? Well, actually anger, when we realize what it is and we can learn to do it in a healthy way, it serves as a bridge mm -hmm. um, to uh, getting in touch with a more vulnerable, needy part of the soul. So mm. it's a doorway to sadness. Mm. Yeah. And actually underneath all anger mm -hmm. is some sort of loss mm -hmm. and fear. Do people get caught in that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. When I work with people and their anger comes out and I validate their anger, but I tell them that that is the top layer and mm -hmm. underneath is pain and loss. So what is the more vulnerable part of your soul mm -hmm. that involves pain and hurt mm -hmm. that you can get in touch with so that this can be productive for you? Yeah. So sadness is the third stage. Mm -hmm. And um, I will be sharing with you uh, to a couple of references from the Old Testament where where we that is, is validated. Great. When we come back, we're going to share more about that too. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to share more about grief and loss in the triad. So stay with us. We're in KFIA 710. All children deserve a home, and Lifetime Adoption wants to help those children find a home. If you're starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family. Choose how much contact you want and choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com. Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784. Well, welcome back. And um, before the break, we were covering a little bit about um, the grief and loss and the triad with uh, Counselor Judy Sobrero. And we have a lot to cover. We're going to do two shows on this. And there's just so much to cover on how much we really have in grief and loss as um, triad, as adoptive parents, birth parents, uh, and also as adoptees. Judy, before we left, we were discussing a little bit about the different steps uh, that we go through in grief and loss. And we were discussing about the sadness and how people get caught in that. Uh, and that that is actually a bridge um, that people get stuck in that. So tell us, let's continue on that um, topic there. Uh, sadness is the third stage in the grieving process. And um, examples in the Old Testament, um, Job, through his pain, was quite open in saying, I will speak in the bitterness of my soul in the 10th chapter, and I am conscious of my misery. So he was able to really be vocal and express what he was feeling 
with the Lord, even though the Lord knew what would be coming and how he would be responding or reacting. Mm -hmm. Ecclesiastes 7, 4 says that the mind of the wise um, is in the house of mourning, that mourning and loss is a part of living on this earth. Mm -hmm. And if we can become conscious of it and accept it Mm -hmm. and actually feel the pain Mm -hmm. and honor the sadness Mm -hmm. in that mourning time, Mm -hmm. um, then it validates the pain. It doesn't Mm -hmm. invalidate it. And you talked about also how, um, you know, a lot of uh, the Jewish culture takes a whole period of time. Um, Tell us about that. Uh, For centuries, uh, the Jewish um, culture honors um, the process of of mourning to the point where they would set aside a period of time and actually hire professional mourners. Mm. So there would actually be a group to weep and to put ashes on your head, to cry, to express comfort to one another. Really validated. Validated. And instead and of stuffing it. It's a relational process, mm-hmm. and real sadness and grieving cannot be completed in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. The reason being is that there's no love or comfort coming from the outside, mm-hmm. and that uh, in Corinthians it says that we are to comfort others with the comfort that we have already received ourselves. And so one of the benefits of this is that it can deepen the relational process Mm -hmm. with God and with others. And we need to surround ourselves with people that can do that and help nurture us and not feel that we're whining, but actually be around people that can nurture us. And if we don't have that in our own family, then we need to find and and reach out to people that can help us and can be there for us to go through this process. Is that correct? Safe people to grieve with are those mm-hmm. who themselves have had loss mm-hmm. and know that um, that it's best to just listen. There are no quick fixes. Mm-hmm. Uh, often the, the person who has the loss does not want advice. Mm-hmm. They just want to be heard right. and comforted. Mm-hmm. And uh, many people do a lot of things or don't even talk about it because they haven't yet learned to accept and be okay with the fact that we have loss in this life. Mm -hmm. So let's go on to the next then too. So at that point, we've talked about sadness and, um, and playing into grieving. Explain at that point, um, the next step. Through our pain being validated and knowing that, um, even God keeps track of our tears in a Mm -hmm. bottle, Psalms Mm -hmm. 56, eight, Mm then this is what begins to to lift some of the sadness to see it as part of um, the bigger plan of us growing from glory to glory to get mm-hmm. us ready for eternity mm-hmm. to identify with with the sorrow that God and Jesus had through his death then this begins to free us and to to actually begin to have acceptance to have some resolve um, that loss is to be expected biblically. Consider all joy when you encounter various trials. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to accept that, all that. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. we say, this is not what I signed up for, right. and uh, I didn't read this in the fine print. <laughs> right. And then the more you live life, the more that you see that this is really part of your growth process. Right. And when we're young, we just don't want that, and we just think it's unfair. You're absolutely right. And, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, that happens all the time. It's all part of living. And, uh, and you, like I said, it's in the Bible, and, um, but it is it's still difficult to take. A big part of, um, of this fourth step is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And many of us protest um, that part because perhaps the, 
the person that's hurt us doesn't acknowledge, take responsibility, perhaps they're not even alive. Mm-hmm. And basically the the purpose is forgiveness is so that we can be free. Mm-hmm. And that could be for maybe a friend forgiving for a, you're angry at a birth parent or you're, you're angry at an adoptive parent. Uh, it could be a lot of different things. Oh, the 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 forms of it, it could begin with the adoptive parents who may be angry with the Lord mm-hmm. that they have uh, biological child that they cannot have a biological child, mm-hmm. and to be able to to uh, be able to verbalize that mm-hmm. and then say, um, I can let this go, mm-hmm. um, and and see something a bigger picture, a bigger that, picture, yeah, mm-hmm, right, and. For the, the birth mother, um, there may be a lot of ambivalence in her own extended family, mm-hmm. and they may judge her. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had one client, dear Christian woman, who who really chose to do this because it's what God was leading her to do for a lot of personal reasons, and many um, of her Christian friends judged her without mm-hmm. really understanding right. the full circumstances. And right. so there's all sorts of things to forgive so that we can be free, mm-hmm. so that we're emptied of that and it doesn't turn into bitterness and we mm-hmm. don't hold grudges. It's really for our benefit. Right. And the the absolute model for that is that God has extended forgiveness to us freely without any conditions. Mm-hmm. It is a totally free gift. Right. So, um, this so forgiveness is important. And then, so then what happens at that point? So then we've got forgiveness and we've got a lot, we've got a lot of, of, you know, things that have gone on then. Where do we go at that point if we've gotten to forgiveness? Because a lot of times we're stuck in between, you know, we're stuck in a crevice and we could be stuck there for two or three or four or 20 years. The grief process is a, um, happens on a continuum Mm -hmm. and it's a different length of time for individuals. Mm -hmm. And, um, you can't hurry up the process, mm-hmm. but the individual has to do it in, in their, their pace, frame. and it's really between them and the Lord. Mm-hmm. And if you do see someone stuck to where it's actually hurting them and it's not to their benefit, mm-hmm. then you can perhaps talk with them about that and... and Encourage uh, maybe counseling or and in a gentle way. Um, perhaps, mm-hmm. right, of, you know, how is being stuck in one of these stages not really... To your benefit, and how does it keep you from loving and being loved? You know, there is a serenity prayer we're talking about. Um, you know, we've got a couple minutes left of the program here, and we're going to go on and continue this on the next show. But let's just briefly go over that serenity prayer because I think it's very important. I discovered the complete prayer um, a couple of years ago. For many of us, we know the the uh, first opening lines: "God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can." and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy. And that gives me pause. Mm-hmm happy in this life and then ultimately supremely happy with you in the next. Right. And how does that briefly um, relate to a birth mom? Um, a birth mom knows that she can go on, that it's um, a day-by-day journey, that it's part of her growth process, that it's not wasted, right. that there can be 
um, life, there can be joy out of the grief and the loss, and right. she can learn and grow. And adoptive parents, the same thing. There's a reason for their infertility, and for children, adoptees, or adult adoptees even, that there's a, a reason for their adoption. It's a part of our basic humanity and uh, the journey to eternity yeah. and how we can grow. Well, thank you, Judy. We're going to continue this program on our next one, too. If you'd like more information regarding adoption, visit our site at letstalkadoption.com. Have a wonderful week. We'll reach you next week. This is Marty Caldwell. God bless you. See you next week. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.